to Bleeding Edge Interviews. I am your host, Super Dave. Thank you for joining me as I spend some time talking to the people responsible for all the amazing music you hear on Bleeding Edge on Toxic Radio. This is where we get a little bit of insight into the minds of the people who are making the choice on a regular basis to deviate from the norm and push the boundaries of rock and metal. All right, so about two years ago, in the very early stages of this interview series, I had the opportunity to speak with the vocalist of a new up-and-coming band by the name of Trope. That vocalist was Diana Studenberg, and it was a great conversation. And since then, Trope absolutely lit things up. The album was really, really well-received critically and by the fans. They got the most choice opening gigs for the bands in prog rock, including The Pineapple Thief, Haken, Symphony X, King's X. They absolutely lit the world on fire. And I'm happy to say that they are due back with a new single very soon, imminently, as soon as it gets perfected, and a new album by September that is completely ambitious. And absolutely, I am charged up for this. So fortunately for me, I got to talk to Diana again, along with Moonhead, her partner in Trope. So we got both halves of Trope together for this conversation. And oh my goodness, did we geek out through most of this. Uh, absolute music fans on their part, my part, clearly you know that by now. And and just, it was a great conversation. I honestly look forward to the day where, where maybe the three of us can sit down somewhere in a pub with a couple of beers and, and just spend hours geeking out about music, whether it be prog or otherwise, because we're all over the spectrum in our tastes. And I'll note here as well, for those listening, if you're hearing a little extra reverb, I'm in the process of relocating, so my studio is partly torn down. (laughs) So I'm making do with what I've got. Fingers crossed it doesn't sound terrible when it's all done. Two, I am also starting to tear things apart, and time is short, which means I didn't do much editing. So if there's any rough spots in the midst of this, if there's anything weird that goes on in this that I didn't catch, Forgive me. This one might be a little rougher than my average interview. Uh, Not up to my usual editing standards, perhaps. Or maybe it's fine because the three of us just had a great time. So without further delay, here is my interview with Diana Studenberg and Moonhead of Trope. Uh, Hey, good to see both of you. You too, man. Uh, Very glad you could join me. You guys up in Canada right now or are you traveling the world elsewhere? We are in Canada right now. Yeah, we're in Canada. Yeah, we're just basically um, working on the record. So it's, uh, it's you know, bums in seats and just getting it done. Gotcha. I can imagine you got uh, maybe a little bit of a deadline looming somewhere along the line there, yes? hmm Yeah. Well, there's, uh, we wanted to get the single for Fever Dream out um, by the end of March, um, but we had some gear, gear problems. Uh, so we're just sort of being mm-hmm. um, busy just trying to fix a, a bit of the gear. And then, uh, so it'll be, you know, first week of April or whatever, but, um, and then, uh, basically want the record out by September. Nice. All right. So geez, uh, been about two years since you and I first spoke, Diana, and a lot has happened for you guys since that point in time. It's been quite the whirlwind. Uh, I'm curious what the two of you uh, have have been thinking with all this that's going on in all this time. What's that been like for you? 
I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, the touring was, has been amazing. That was really, really awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, definitely, you know, that's kind of what we're wired towards. So that, that, that aspect of it has been great and meeting people on the road and getting to see you in person too, was awesome. And like, yeah, so, so that's been really great. And now it's, that's the most important part, you know, yeah. is, is, is taking, well, taking the music to the people, but right. also, you know, just interacting with people, with humans, man, like that's, that's the most important thing it is for us. I mean, I spoke, but there are some bands that just are quite any social and just don't want to deal with with people. I mean, I've seen it. I've heard, human. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I mean, you know, it's like whatever. But uh, just the way that you know, uh, I suppose I, I can speak for Don as well. But for me, it's just like I like hanging out with people, man. Yeah. You know, and I like the thin slice of it too. Like the you know the five minutes of just like hey, what's up, and, and then you you know someone else, and you know like hanging at the merch table and sort of just mean people. So the prior to the COVID thing was just just impossible to deal with. Like you know, it's like from like for everybody so yeah. you know it's but you know when you are sort of wired for you know uh community and and interaction and 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 uh and social aspects of the art which is performing life you know mm -hmm. uh that, that becomes super challenging man like it's just you, you gotta you, you gotta hack yourself right because it wasn't yeah. just two months of it or six weeks of it it was two years of it yeah so there was a lot of hacking you know personal hacking that i sort of had to do to make sure that you know it's like you know like a lot of people obviously had to, you know, make some choices in their own life about how they're going to process it and deal with right. what they were dealing with because it was all new. So, you know, some people might want to drink more. Some people might want to do this, that, whatever. Um, you know, for me, I sort of went whole food plant-based for the whole thing and, you know, and, and just sort of just went in the opposite direction of what I'm sort of prone to do, which is like, right. you know, just drink and sort of, you know, eat snacks all the time. Yeah. Snack <laughs> out and just like snack out chocolates okay. yeah it was, it, it, i think because i did that part i had the chocolate <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean you, you go you go through you have to go through the stage but what about for you what did, how did you process it all man what did you do well like yourself i'm a bit of a stress eater so uh the things are uh winding me down or winding me up depending i, I tend to go for the snacks as well so i got to be careful about that mm. uh, but yeah it's uh it, it's been a fascinating Two, three years, really, going back to when all of this started. And uh, uh, to a large extent, yeah, you know what? Uh, for the while, when I needed to, I laid down low, kept my head down and stayed out of the way and just, you know, all right, I can adapt. And nice. at a certain point, uh, I, I've kind of come to the determination that I may be borderline invincible because um, I've been around, I've done things, I've gone out. And as the world opened up, I got out there and eh, haven't gone to. Matter of fact, uh, traveled with somebody with my girlfriend <laughs> overseas, mm -hmm. and she got delayed an extra five days in London because she tested positive. Oh shit! Not me. Mm. So it's well, you're impervious. Yeah, we're gonna elaborate you, man. Yeah. Find out what's right? going on. Take his bed. I, I actually saw something out there that was a. Uh, some sort of, I guess, project to look for the people that have not tested positive at any point in time during all of this. And oh, wow. I thought, well, hey, yeah, well, maybe I'll send them a blood sample, see if they can uh, find a cure for humanity. Here's some for, with all of us, please. Yeah, and then and then like fast forward, you know, twenty years, and there's a whole bunch of you just running around. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that that could be at best a double-edged sword. 
Yeah, I think it'd be cool. <laughs> I, I could be uh, the Ellie to this like world's The Last of Us. <laughs> well, or the 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 only way that we continue on. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> we shall see. Now the secret's out. <laughs> that you uh, that you that you that you uh, navigated it well. I mean, you know, for me personally, I sort of I I had to I escaped, man. I went to I went to Eastern Europe. Yeah. You know, and basically just stayed over there for the whole wow. thing. Wow. And um, which was a totally different experience because, you know, you, you got one country like Romania coming out of, you know, 50 years of communism. Right. In 1989, of course. But, yeah. but they've only 30 years of that sort of that that taste of freedom. But as soon as something like this came in and I was there for the bulk of that, I was about I was there for seven months of it by myself. <laughs> and uh, you needed a piece of paper to leave the house. No kidding. You know? So yeah, that were like there were finding people left, right, and center, and stuff like that, cops up and everybody. So you you, you know th- those countries, I suppose. I mean, you know, because of their history, they do j- maybe jump back into that that mm. way of doing things. Um, and then, but on the same hand, Australia wasn't was not letting people in or out. I know they yeah. were like hardcore about it. You know, so they're just different sort of approaches. But then you know, you go to Bulgaria and they're dancing in the street and drinking. If I if I was in Australia while it happened, I don't think I'd need to leave because you just have the beach there. <laughs> it's like I'm just in the ocean. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. It's like, just you know, but you don't you don't think of places that you know that are pretty isolated like that, like Australia. They're just a, an island in the south South Pacific. You know, there's it's you don't think they're going to be too strict about stuff because no one's keeping an eye on them. You know, right? Um, but they had their way of doing things, and obviously New Zealand was fantastic at it. And so. I mean, but, but just no one knew what there. No one knows what's what's up. You know, that's the yeah. thing. Something new you got to learn. That's all there is. You know, weird off your question slightly, but that's cool. No, isn't that what you asked? What, no, did... he asked how like the past few years of of like stuff happening for us has been. Not not. During oh, time. edit this out, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking about the last two years of COVID. No, and stuff. man. <laughs> Dave, Dave thinks expansively. He doesn't focus yeah, on just he went himself. Further you know? back, he right? was like. It was all encompassing. Oh, yeah. Awesome. No, you, oh, okay. <laughs> What's the question? It's like, you know, the stuff that's been cool that's been happening. Oh, yeah. We went on Superman with Hagen yeah, we and were... Symphony X. It was awesome. Yeah, that was a great show. That was, yeah, uh, that was, album and stuff. It's, it's rare I can see a triple bill when I, all three of the acts, I'm going, yes, yes, yes. Like, that's yes. Awesome. Like, usually, you know, you might have one in there you don't know anything about. Intense, yes, was for the bottom. And then. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i gotta imagine i mean because who was your favorite were, band on that bill? yeah yeah what's that who was your favorite band on that bill who were you trying to go see oh absolutely true <laughs> yeah that's nice of you but seriously <laughs> <laughs> well someone wants to be part of the interview someone wants there you go <laughs> i would say honestly i i have there we go <laughs> i have love for all three bands really very much i would say um Honestly, the one that I knew the best and the most at that point in time was most excited to see, I have to admit, was Haken because uh, I had really developed a good love for them at that point in time, Um, which carries on. Uh, I almost feel like they're buddies of mine because I've had them on the show so often at this point. They don't disappoint, eh? They just don't disappoint, man. Whoa. I believe it. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, from your standpoint, like, you know, when you saw them, they just don't disappoint, eh? Like, you Mm -hmm. just see it, just like you hear it, you're like, come on, man, the technicality and what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, believable, and it's physical. Like you know, uh, I'm not I'm not personally a big fan of a lot of math rock and and you know mathematics and the music. Uh, I'm a little bit of an old '90s guy. Like I like the Hmm. simplicity of certain things. I like 
right. you know, the different time signature stuff, but I like it sort of, sort of roll. But the way that those guys put stuff together is, is, is mind blowing. Yeah. yeah really. It is mind blowing. It's brilliant. And it's, and it's beautifully musical and it's, and it's so cohesive, you know, for six yeah. guys to sort of be doing that. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, that's what I sort of, I mean, I, I hope for, for trope to find a couple other guys who can sort of contribute in that way and sort of just expand what we're doing instead of having to, you know, for her and I just to sort of have to take on all the responsibility of creating it all, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice to share the load a little bit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's collaborative. Uh-huh. It's like, again, it's coming back to that community. Yeah. It's, it's, it's collaborative. We love bands, like being in bands yeah. and playing with bands and other people and stuff. So, well, yeah. and, and especially you guys seem to be hitting, like getting all the choice tours in the last couple of years. You, you were with, as you mentioned, Haken and Symphony and X, you were, tra- you were traveling with the Pineapple Thief. You yeah. were set to be on tour with King's X, you know, gr- Godfathers of Grunge, you know, mm. prog metal titans that they are and all that. Mm. And uh, clearly one, uh, people out there doing the booking recognize talent when they see it. Two, I can imagine, like, to an extent, it, some of that starts to rub off on you a little bit. What, what do you think you took away from those tours and that exposure to those bands and those, and those artists? I think, I mean, personally, uh, just being around musicians who were so, so good at their craft, you know what I mean? And like, to be honest, everyone was in, in all those bands are very technical, you know? So just being around people that are like so technical and talented and, yeah, it was just awesome. And just seeing how like they were still really cool, like, you know, off the stage was really great. Ooh. But all the, was cool. the musicians. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is my answer. So you get to like bitch about others. You know, when you, when you... <laughs> but I thought they were, they were cool to me. Okay. I don't know what your experience was. <laughs> So, um, I mean, no, just faking it. You guys were <laughs> awesome. be nice because they felt bad. No, but uh, never know. But anyways, ramble. Uh, no, I mean that part. So that part of it was awesome. But just like the the playing to their crowds was so awesome because it's like playing to people who love frog to begin with, and then like so that when you play, it's just like sometimes. You know, like if you're not playing to the right crowd, they look at you like a bit like you're a Martian or an alien. Mm. And you're like, what are you doing? You know, so like the fact that like we were playing to audiences that already love Prague was just like amazing because they're so open minded. And like in both cases, like with the Symphony X and, and Haken fans, I grouped them together because they were, you know, both built on that. And then uh, Pineapple Thief fans, like they were just really open minded people and really cool and like, because you never, you, you like, what I didn't expect was necessarily the amount of people that would be open to our stuff because we're like the new kids or whatever on the yeah. <laughs> not kids. Yeah, we're the least technical. You know, yeah. Like, we're the most altish and like we yeah. bury all the time sigs, <laughs> like yeah. inconspicuously. So, um, but like, so for people to be <laughs> open to that, sorry, it's always like weird. Anyway, it's cool. Uh, <laughs> So for people to be open to that was just really, really awesome. And getting to meet like some really cool people who were watching the music was just the best. Your turn. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's an absolute luxury to 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 play to those guys' crowds. You know, they they've spent the time, so many years, developing that the the loyal audience, right? Yeah. 
And for us to be able to sort of just have access to that and present what we're doing is, man, come on. Like, how amazing is that? Like, that is that's the ultimate luxury as an artist because um, for obvious reasons, you know, it's, uh, you know, so, and then we get to meet these people, you know, which is amazing. And then you're, it's just about respecting that too, you know, as an artist coming into it, like, you know, you know where you are and you know who you, who you are in the, not in the pecking order of that. It's more of just like, it's just the reality of the situation. People are coming out to see these bands. They're like, you know, and then they, and then they're going to see trope and go, and they're going to decide in the moment, whether it's like, you know, Hey, this is cool. This is something that I dig or something that's like, okay, well, I just don't care. I just come here for Haken or Pineapple Thief or whoever, the headliner, whoever it is. But luckily we, for us, you know, the, res, the response was good. You know, and it was, yeah. we, we felt really good about that because at the end of the day, that sort of affirms, you know, writing, you're writing the stuff, you know, it affirms that stuff yeah. when there's, it's in a vacuum because you're doing it in a vacuum, right? It's like, is this going to work when you put it up on its feet? Yeah, it might sound okay and your room when you're doing it, but then all of a sudden it's like, will, it, will an audience have a visceral response to this? And in a way that sort of, yeah, that, that just, you know, yeah. So we, we felt amazed about that. And um, again, like I said, is you know, there's, there's a prog crowd there yeah. um, and they're so loyal, you know, they're so loyal to their, to their, yeah. to their bands that they love. And, and they're all, they're all technical themselves. They're all, you know, every single person you meet is a player. Yeah. <laughs> They're intelligent. They're super exactly. intelligent. So, like, I like those bands, man. Yeah. You know, like they're awesome. And I feel like we actually made a lot of friends, like from the people who came to the shows and stuff. Like, we're still in touch with them. And like, nice. Yeah. So that's been really, really cool. Like, because yeah, you never know like what's gonna stick as far as that goes. And like, who are you who, who are you talking to? I'm talking to everyone. Okay. Right. And like to <laughs> talk to people. That's cool. Because I'm sure there's people that are gonna watch this and go, you didn't talk to me. <laughs> reach, out, reach out to us on trove and we'll write you back yeah she's really literally we write to everyone back who messages us yeah. like oh yeah that's 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 an important thing i mean yeah. socially we do that on socials but it's if cool. anyone reaches through it reaches through like, you know the um the the messaging and stuff like that anyone who's messaging me like yeah it, it, we, it, we you know it's we love we love what we do and we love the people that dig it and it's so easy to be nice to people that like, like what you do right. right it's not it's yeah. so easy to be nice to people that like what you do yeah, so i don't even understand true. that whole point of just yeah, yeah, yeah. having an attitude about it because yeah, yeah. it's like well you like what you do that's also yeah, thanks, confusing man. <laughs> well it saves you the trouble of you. trying to you know you know when you're meeting people for the first time in a bar situation that you know you know, it's like if you just want to be a friend, you go, so there's going to be a sense of, you know, but you've got this one-sided yeah. aspect of it when someone comes up and goes, that was cool. Like, and it's like, dude, dude, man, this is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, if, you know, if anyone's watching this and it's just like, you know, come and see us, always come and hang out with us, man. Yeah. You know? We are very, very comfortable. Yeah, I will vouch for that. They are very, very cool. And I, I don't think there's any reason to question whether I think the fans at those shows would like you guys or not, because I think on average, this day and age, Prague has evolved well beyond just the idea of technicality and 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 all the noodling that goes along. Yeah, that's a bit of a traditional part of it. But I think just the idea of pushing the boundaries a bit, stretching out, doing something different. And there mm -hmm. are all kinds of different ways to be unique. And I and I think Trope was exceedingly successful. You guys were absolutely nailing it in doing that bringing your own spin to hard rock and metal or whatever you want to call it. 
And, you know, the reactions I saw across the web were consistently very, very positive. The reviews are positive. You know, the reactions were positive. You guys made a serious dent and just the opportunity, I think, to, to travel with those bands helped continue that because you're right. I think a lot of those fans show up at those shows. They're there to hear something new and different in many ways, not just the bands they want to see, but yeah. they're all, if they're like me, you, you're hoping the opener you don't know is going to kick your ass a bit. And that's such a huge testament to like totally you right. and to people who come, because it's again, like being in being open-minded that way is like really impressive. Like, I'm not always as open-minded as like some of the people when it comes to new music. So I'm just like, you're awesome. Like, what's well, cool? Was yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I think, I think it's easy to be open-minded when you see something that that resonates. I mean, I see that with comedians too. And you go see a comedian, it's like, damn, dude, that was that was yeah, awesome. You know, um, and it's just like because you have to be there. It's something visceral about it. I was going to ask you, Dave. Um, what I was thinking about when you were when you were saying that about just how the genre has changed and and people are open to think different things. What do you think of someone like Peter Gabriel? I absolutely love Peter Gabriel. Right, he's probably easily one of my, my favorite vocalists. Jeff Buckley also, but as yeah. a, as a tone, I just love Peter Gabriel. I love his songs and all that sort of stuff. So obviously, you know, being a part of Genesis, which was quite progressive, and then his solo stuff that went into sort of the, the beautiful pop realm. And there were such great songs, but I mean, Salisbury Hill Shore was in the seven and stuff like that. There's a prog element that sort of snuck into some stuff, into his solo stuff. But can you talk about that? Um, the, the, the sort of going away from such a progressive aspect and more into a, you know, a, com a commercial sort of thing. And right. was there a blowback from the fans in that sense? Or were they, did they embrace Peter Gabriel? You know, at the time, I was probably a little behind the curve on Peter Gabriel because I think he was on probably, I think, his fourth album, Security, if I'm not mistaken, about the time like Shock the Monkey had come out. And that was about the time he hit my radar. I was too young, I think, for the earlier stuff and way past the, the Genesis stuff. But I do believe, uh, like my memory serves, that I, I think it was a bit surprising for people. And yet at the same time, it was still Peter Gabriel being weird, mm. you know, but in a different way that I don't think it was that hard for him to transition. And things weren't quite as, I think, compartmentalized back then either, where genre lines were quite so clear. You know, like he, he I think, segued nicely from a proggy, very traditional, very British, whimsical proggy stuff to new wave and to a prog pop is oftentimes what I, I what Stephen Wilson probably is one to coin that term. I'm not sure, but that prog pop, you know, where it's, it's, it's got its themes, it's got its stuff going on. Honestly, I would put Alan Parsons project in that same area. They often get called prog, but they're, they're less rock and more pop in many yeah. ways. I um, robot. Come on. Yeah. One of my records of all time. Like, yeah, absolutely. Alan Parsons. Project. And um, so, yeah, I think, I think people just went, Hey, it's Peter. It's a little different. He's still weird. We dig that. And, mm. and we're cool. And, and so it was like a whole other thing, like something happened with so where he just boom, 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 boom. He was mm. on fire with hits and it was mm. amazing the way that just, it just also do you find out. Like the, yeah. was that? Do you find the fact that he like did that in, as part of his solo career different? Like, cause I guess if you're in a band, it's a, there might be a different mm -hmm. expectation, you know, versus like if you're a solo artist, yeah. like there might be, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, and my question is really just about the embracing of you know someone in that genre and sort of mm-hmm. and see if the yeah. fans sort of go along with it. Because yeah, it, because it is like I love your answer because it basically says yeah they he embraced his own weirdness. He didn't sell out in the sense yeah. of like try to you know. But there's I mean the thing I know I know why you're asking this. Why? Part of the reveal in this interview is that Dave is segueing into his own solo country career. That's true. Say what? Really? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. No, she's messing with you. Oh, no, I'm totally I, got me. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're actors too, so <laughs> we're full of shit. Um, hey, sorry, I'm full of shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, because because trope, you know, the thing is, when when I'm sort of creating from the, uh, creating a song, um, it's definitely from a song standpoint. Like I love songs, like. Mm-hmm. He, it's you know it has to be a song and um as you you know when you hear trope stuff there's not really a lot of variation inside the song there's like lambs that evolves and then something like planes is very you know sort of doesn't really evolve and then um so there's but it's a song there's always songs and on the new record it's all about that too it's like there's Mm going to be way more progressive elements and evolution yeah Yeah. so more like and dude, I don't know if we've talked about the the new record, but that no, might be a little bit of a segue. We haven't. Sure. Yeah, we haven't talked about it yet. Yeah. We're really excited about it, though, because it's definitely taking a lot of different turns than the previous one. Like right. what Dave was starting to say, like it's uh, it's just going to be way more in some ways progressive, mm-hmm. uh, like as far as not repeating the kind of verse, chorus, verse, chorus out you right. know structure. Like structurally, it's it's moving around a lot more, and even if it does, like it'll evolve instrumentally so there's well yeah there's a lot of change like and you're helming that yeah i mean there's well it's, it's sort of on me to have to do that yeah you're doing so i've got to sort of write all the, the instrumental parts and then you yeah. know guys sort of writes the melodies and, and lyrics and and sort of just you know does that so um yeah there's there's we want to do a double album yeah oh, wow. the next thing's going to be a double album yeah so it's going to be um very heavily progressive and then the other part of it, and I don't think they're going to be like two separate. I think we're going to in, interject them because I don't, I, but these other songs that have written, they're sort of throwbacks to like 90s alternative influence mm-hmm. um, that do have that sort of verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Mm-hmm. So I have to arrange yeah. a little bit differently and sort of go to bands like Live. You know, I yeah. love Live. Yeah. Okay. And Fun that, fact. Please. I played Live before they were live. Really? Really? I played them on my college radio station when they were still called Public Affection. Dude, Dude. <laughs> I was on it. Awesome. I was so, on it. That's what did you love them back? What's that? Did you love, did you love them back then? You, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They, I was. They were one of the bands. There, I, I was sort of hit and miss. There were three bands at least that were local bands to that area that I was playing on my little local show. That I don't know if anybody listened to or not, but there were three of them. I said these three are the ones that'll make it live. I was clearly right on. Another band called the Badleys eh, had a brief, you know, hint there. So I was sort of half right. The other band now nah, didn't make it. So that eh, happened. Well, I mean, and, and we know that. I mean, there's so many circumstances, yeah, like infrastructure, yeah. Um, yeah. implosion. You know, the mental health of the, the ability acts. to continue. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, it's like there's so many aspects of that. But you yeah. know, the thing is, I've been listening to a lot of really interesting stuff for this next record because I, I have a really specific approach in the production of it. Mm-hmm. I want it to be underproduced. Mm-hmm. And basically what I'm trying to go for is basically Fleetwood Mac meets Black Sabbath. 
Oh, wow. So really, really dry, really fat instruments. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I love to hear, I, I want to I want to see the badge on the snare drum and go, oh, that's that snare. Like when you hear it, like I love to hear the amplifier, the name of the amplifier and stuff like that. So that really hearkening back to listen, I'm listening to Jerry Rafferty and, you know, uh-huh. like super cool stuff like, um, you know, John Fogarty and like, yeah. you know, just really so really nice and dry production wise, but also really interesting arrangements, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it's sort of, and I don't, I'm not going to overproduce it and, and have it sort of shiny and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that frequency of that. Yeah. I really, it's for me, it's like, it really is about that, that beautiful intimacy of those, you know, rumors and, and yeah. the black Sabbath stuff, even black Sabbath is so heavy, but when you hear it, there's just like, you can hear the guitars, the drums, the bass, so everything's clear. separate, you know, and I love yeah. that separation of instrumentation. That's what some of my favorite bands of that, you know, Rage Against the Machine and Soundgarden yeah. and all that sort of stuff and Audio Slave. Yeah. Uh, Red All Chili Peppers have that, you know, where you can really just hear the definition of the individuals of that sort of stuff. So um, I feel like you're really doing that too, like just the mixes huh. right now, like just sound like. Yeah. I know I'm biased, but there's. No, no, I'm not, but, I'm, no but I've been spending tons of time yeah. on it. So I, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> we're in versions of songs and they're their days in then we're on version 46 of you know fever dream that's 46 days of me mixing it yeah wow you know so and that's probably like 300 different vocal take approaches. <laughs> right yes and we and we're sort of still still not there so you know there's it, it's it's going to take as long as it's going to take but yeah. not two years like we, you know the, the yeah, deadline yeah. is September. so yeah um it's basically every day i'm in you know in this box i'm just going to be you know hammering away at this thing and um, you know, I've, I sort of definitely feel that, you know, tonally uh, with the mixes and stuff like that, I'm mm-hmm. getting to that point where it's like, it is in that sort of realm of that production. Right. And it's, um, yeah, yeah. I just, I love, I really love the dryness of that. And also there's, there's mistakes, you know, there's, that you can hear Yeah, it's yeah. not perfect. It's not going to be perfect. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. really super important too. Just to hu- bring a yeah. human element. I think with the with the explosion of AI and Chat GPT and all so these perfect. sort of things, I really want to just have this human element. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, I mean, I can I can hear just you talking about it. And it's really exciting to hear like the, just the scope of your ambition for this mm-hmm. one, and 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 the idea that you're sweating the details and yet wanting to keep it raw in many ways and and real rather than than over polished i guess the 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 phrase perfectly imperfect came to mind for me that you know that's almost where you're going to go and it's it's it sounds like it's going to be amazing i'm curious i mean with this was this sort of extra progressive leaning in motion before these tours or is this you kind of reflecting back uh, an influence of your experiences that's, that's a really good question. Well, for me, for me personally, I know it'll be different for Guy, obviously, because mm-hmm. you know we, we we create differently in different ways. Yeah. Um, for me, it was it's directly directly from listening to technicians, mm-hmm. you know, and being around technicians and just going, just spend a little bit more time. Yeah. You know, like spend a little bit more time on it. Be a technician. I'll never be, you know, a solo bass guitar solo player. Like I, I I'm a rhythm player, and I love the rhythm aspect of yeah. it. I just I, there's so many beautiful guitar players who do it better. So I, I have nothing to say as, as a soloist. I mean, I'll, I'll inter, introduce sonic things like in this too. And like little yeah. motifs and stuff like that. Just, 
you know, for certain things. But I, yeah, I don't really need to have a solo. But that said, who knows? I might drink a little bit and just blow one out. Um, but it's it's the technical aspect, of, you know, the technician, the technical aspect, the technician aspect of touring yeah. with those bands and seeing how brilliant that is. It inspired me, you know, yeah. be to go, how we can take this a little further. I can take this a little further. I can sort of, you know, and I didn't never wanted to do it for the sake of it just because it's like, oh, yeah. you know, that's, that's not authentic to the music and serve it in servitude. It's, yeah. you know, I didn't want to do that, but I thought, you know, you can just spend more time in that and see where it should go and that sort of thing. So yeah, but absolutely hundred percent yeah. inspired by, I think wow. for me, like I had a, they're the best, right? They're, I mean, yeah. we were touring with some of the best in the world. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's not rubbing off. There's something wrong. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> I think for me, it was like a premonition when we finished the first album that I'm like, Oh, I kind of feel like I want to go more, Froggy on the next one but yeah definitely like similarly like after seeing uh, all those bands play live it kind of like it's almost like looking at something that's darkened and then gets illuminated and you're like and it opens your mind a little mm -hmm. bit so i feel like that's what happened where all of a sudden my mind expanded to like cementing the idea of like yeah like just that like leaning into that desire of like oh i want this to go in different places because that's where my brain or mind or heart or whatever wants to explore you mm, know yeah. so well yeah, i would say on, on the first record you know like there's a lot of old 90s sort of stuff it is it, slightly progressive in certain ways but everything that you're doing on that first record is way more complex than what's happening if you think of something like surrogate where it's just basically and a seven it's just, it's just looping yeah it's just looping. True. you know it's like you're not looping like that's the thing true. is there's a lot of technical aspects of you know you're way more progressive on lithuania than other, any person other than you and the drummer right, you know right. i mean you and the drums were always written from that sort of standpoint bass and guitars were actually just loops doing mm -hmm. this in the wings yeah. and the, the machine and the engine was doing this you know like that sort of visual of what, so, yeah. what i thought you know but you you and were busy stuff took really long to yeah you were busy on that respect you know that's what it says so it is a natural progression for you to sort of i think a, a little bit of the thing is that i'm sort of playing catch up to you in that way you know sort of just you, you know supporting that idea the way that you know lambs was loopy as well you uh, know yeah so yeah i think i i'm excited too just vocally like i think a lot of the I mean, to be honest, like the first album, I wrote a lot of the melody ideas like in an apartment and I couldn't like yell my ass off there. And I mm. just and I was like kind of living small, like in like a smaller sound. You're writing small, writing yeah. small, like, you know, like with the ideas. Well, that's true, because now you know what it's like to get up on stage in front of yeah, you know, yeah. four, so five actually people. Yeah, physically doing it made me realize like, oh, I, I don't want to sing in this like kind of like similar voice range for that many songs in a row. Like it mm. kind of driving me crazy. And so like, just even from that standpoint too, in the writing, like just forcing, not forcing myself, but just like Explore. exploring, like, you know, going up there because I know like live is just gonna, you know, translate and just, yeah. you know, communicate different shit. And there's a heightened sense of excitement when you are yeah. live then versus writing a song in an apartment yeah and, and it's about communicating too like it's just like you can't communicate so much just if you're always in the same kind of frequency yeah. range and stuff so that's we just want to explore a lot more is the general consensus on this next album but then you look at someone like Leonard cohen and it's just like he can just talk his way through that is true. you know <laughs> uh, no right or wrong no yeah. but it, what it resonates with you exactly yeah, yeah. And it's just like, it's all about ex exploring, like, because I'm still very much like in the exploring phase of trying to find like what 
what it is or wants to yeah. be or you know i'm always fighting my inner cock rocker yeah, yeah. i'm almost yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it seems to be the thing to do right you know you're finding ways to bring it in that are like powerful and fucking epic so yeah Bye, well yeah i mean it will never yeah you've got to embrace as- that aspect of it yeah. I, you know i love big one of my favorite albums of all time and bands with blue murder john sykes just turned my girlfriend on to them not that long ago I, i've told him a number of people that was like one of the most overlooked metal albums of the 80s that first album was so just kick ass and i got to see them live on that tour which i was very happy looking back to sweet them king's x billy squire great tour damn yeah how was it how was that that? was awesome that was that was early on the blue murder was new king's x was new i didn't know them well enough it's kind of the downside that's why i was excited to see haken the second time because the first time i saw them on the cusp of the beginning of the pandemic yeah like i didn't know them very well like, yeah. you know, a few musical ideas would stick in my head. A few hooks would stick in my head. But that was about it. So it was like first time figuring anything out about them. So by the time I got to see them the second time, now I knew their catalog. Now I knew their style. So that was great. King's X was still very new at that time. That was right after Gretchen goes to Nebraska. Blue Murder was obviously, that was their first album. So I'm dating myself very clearly at the moment. And um, yeah, uh, like they were both great. And and the funny thing about it is as great as they were, I don't I don't know who Billy Squire's sound crew was or what his equipment was, but dear God, I've never heard clearer sound in a in a in a venue like that before. It was just crystal, it was perfect and just and knocked me out. Like as good as those guys were, he came out and was like just it was like a like light to dark, like the difference. It's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, that that first Blue Murder record is absolutely unbelievable. And it it makes sense. It was 1989, that thing came out on Geffen. Who came out in 1991 on Geffen? It was Guns N' Roses. And they changed that whole hair metal. You look at John Sykes with the hair and the puffy shirts. And (laughs) like the big, you know, like the ultimate man. And his voice, unbelievable. And his guitar solo. He's my favorite guitarist as far as soul. Wow. Absolutely. He was a beast on, that on stage too. It's like all flowy and powerful. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like he's coming out of like huge influence. Huge influence yeah. to the point even where that's why I wanted to work with Mike Fraser on the first Oathmania. I just wanted to hear stories about John Sykes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. you know, that's awesome. Tony Franklin, fretless bass. Like I've got a fretless yeah. bass. I got, I did a, tra- a, a conversion from a fretted to a fretless. Um, and uh yeah so i'm gonna put fretless bass on this record because again oh, cool. yeah i mean that's that really changes things you know yeah. and, uh, and i'm a huge tony franklin fan come on apathy on drums fantastic i mean that record man as you know yeah. it's like when you talk to someone who knows they're just like yeah like yes. killer song, <laughs> epic. if you're gonna do cock rock stuff that's the way it's done everything else is just a facsimile you know because yeah. it's you, you turned me on to them because I didn't hear about them before that. Yeah. And then you played me a bunch of their stuff and I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're just like, so talented, like on one stage. You're like, yeah. the voice and just the epicness Insane. and everything is massive. Like, are you that good at both guitar and voice? Hugely inspirational. I mean, I got pictures of me with two belts on and a cowboy hat and just, <laughs> you know, because I wanted to be in Blue Murder, you know? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, exactly. That, that was such, that's an unexpected part of this conversation. I did not think of Blue Murder coming up in the middle of this. That's awesome. Yeah, nice man, nice. Yep. Yeah, 
Luckily, you got to see them live. Like that's <laughs> so I'm curious because I, I thinking back to like you guys are talking about growth and evolving in the band. And when I think of the lyrics that you wrote, Diana, like so so mm-hmm. much of them seem very personal. And it's and it's interesting mm-hmm. too, at the same time, I'd never considered the idea of how where one lives could impact how they compose their vocal parts. Like you're just oh, talking about yeah. being in the apartment, never yeah, occurred to me. So that's, mm-hmm. that's interesting. So I, I, I kind of feel like there was this very intimate, personal yeah. angle to the lyrics for so much of that album. Yeah, and then yeah. I'm curious, like, uh, where did you draw inspiration for this time around? This time, uh, it's funny because like it keeps getting just more personal. But ironically, Fever Dream is like the least in some ways. Pers- like it's kind of there's there's sometimes like three meanings to a song, like it like different subjects like in different layers that exist in it. So one song might seem like it's about one thing, but it might be three different things or whatever. But Fever Dream is one of those things that like the nucleus was very personal. And then it kind of like got inspired by some external stuff. But um, but yeah, the rest of the album is a lot of the songs so far are like, yeah, really more personal, I'd say. Yeah. But not so focused on one theme as let's say Lutheromania was like there is, there is a, a grand theme like that's shaping up like in this next one. But yeah. There's just a bit more exploration as well, and as far as that goes, and it's not the emotional spaces are a little bit different in this. I don't know. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Will there be a bit of a conceptual theme going through the album since we're going more of that proggy area, or is it going to be more musically conceptual, or both? You know, that's that, a little bit. That's that, that's really interesting, man. I mean, come on, yeah. Operation Minecraft, like yeah, one of the, the you know the coolest. <laughs> concept album you know and i always harken back to that because like you know solid city is such a killer song the whole that whole thing blew my mind yeah. when that came yeah. out queen's right because yeah so i love the idea of concept yeah. albums i did talk to die about sort of saying hey mm-hmm. but in not so much a specific concept in more of a global concept because mm-hmm. we sort of think from that sort of standpoint too just like um you know, we're, check, we're playing with a couple of different names for the album like dyad d-y-a-d you know, because there's two, it's a double album. There's two yeah. of us. Or Diaspora, which I really like. It's, it's Diaspora, but I like how it's pronounced. Diaspora. Yeah. I just like the way it sounds. Um, and then there was another name, um, Introspectograph, that I, th- I thought, wow, that's like, if we're in a Def Leppard tribute band, that would be awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, just change, j- j- trying to come up with a name, a working name to sort of just, what is this whole thing? I mean, Eleutheromania was such a broad concept, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, you know, a manic zeal for freedom. It's like, yeah. there's not really a concept at all. It's just, it feels like a, a human right that we shouldn't have to fight for. But, you know, people, there's people on the planet that have to. So um, I think it's always about that. I mean, you know, always mm-hmm. the social and social justice and um, the emotional health. I always care about the emotional health of people. Like, how are you doing? You know, I want to know how you're doing and not what you do or, you yeah. know, whatever. I mean, it's good to know how much money you got because you maybe you can buy me a drink or something. But <laughs> um, you know, it's it's really just important to it's know how a snack order in. <laughs> yeah, so it's just important to know how people are doing. How are you doing, man? Like, what's going on with you? You know, so that's that's sort of a, a global concept that I sort of you know we we two 
do tend to discuss in the music. Yeah. Well, yeah. I always come from a standpoint with the music from the writing standpoint of three places. And it's one, I'm usually yearning for something, mm-hmm. longing for something or affirming something. Right. Okay. If affirming is sort of like a riff going, bam, you know, I'm, a, I'm here like right. a nook. You know, you can't get rid of me. It's like, think or longing for something like a yearning for something. So, you know, that's, that's sort of where, that's really where I come from with those things, because it is, that's really what it is, isn't it? Like you, you're either reflecting on what you have and it's, it's fun to have it. And you, know, you can affirm that and sort of say, yeah, this is cool yeah. or longing for something that you want. You know, so I mean, it's interesting. Like that's the, that's yeah. pretty much where I come from. And that's, for you, and where, for me, it's it's again like that's part of the exploration that we're doing. Like, it's it's hard to say like exactly what that's going to end up being on all the songs, but it definitely moves around. There's yeah, there's uh, definitely a yearning. There's uh, uh, sadness, uh, frustration, an affirmation. Yeah, it's interesting it's yeah, because different things because it's so broad. My, my, the longing and yearning is so broad and the affirmation can be so broad. Now you're just like being, you know, you get to write specifically about those, yeah, not, not yeah. those things. You don't, you don't write about yearning. You might have a response to yearning. You know, like if we yearn for something and we don't get yearning, then we get angry or sad or about, and then, then there's a feeling in that. And that's the thing that you can focus on because to write songs about, I long for this and I yearn for that, you know, so non. There's something very romantic about it though, because it's like, it's not you're not in the present you're not necessarily accepting the present of what is like you're just saying like oh my god is there something else out there versus when you're sad you're just like oh my god this is what this is right now like and it's very present i tend to get sad about shit you tend to long for shit (laughs) who's right i don't know (laughs) well yeah i mean i don't i get angry i get angry i don't believe in sadness because that's acceptance i just get angry and this is like i just won't i just don't Nope, nope. You know, yeah. and, then, so I, and, and then I sort of just get agitated to into action and that sort of thing. Because, um, and, but that's cool that you sort of sit with your sadness because I mean, you write beautiful things because of it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, there's, I, I, I don't think I've ever written a beautifully sad song the way that Jeff Buckley, Lover, You Should Have Come Over, was a beautifully yeah. sad song. Yeah, but when you sing you know, Colorful, dude, like that is so sad, I didn't but write it's that so song. nice. I know, but it sounds like no, it's longing. What are you talking about? <laughs> Not, there's longing in that. It's not sad. I'm talking about writing a, a beautiful, writing a sad, sad song. song. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah, love usually come over. Is a there's a beautiful sadness. Like there's a beautiful sadness in in people have done this. They've written beautifully sad songs that are just mm-hmm. low, low bones is a beautifully sad it song. Sad. I don't know if you know low so roll, absolutely oh God, phenomenal. So yeah, you hear it and like I don't know, like if you if you it, take a it listen. breaks my heart. Yeah, I just, to well, it. I just with emotion. I break it breaks my heart. It just rips me apart from the inside. And I don't yeah. have music that I've written that rips me apart from the inside that way. You know, so yet <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. It's not my, on my agenda. No, I, I know. Yeah, you can't be, plan for that. It would like, be well, fake. I think I saw some longing in her eyes when she said yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the thing it's is sinister. That it depends on what you bring. I mean, you know, the thing is that you can have. You know, there's artists that have, you know, have absolutely have chaos behind them. Why there's something beautiful uh, juxtaposition. Yeah. The 80s were full of that, man. You had Whitney Houston singing, I want to dance with somebody. That's a that's a sad song. Yeah. Right. Lyrics, man. Yeah. And I love the fact that the 80s were all about just doing this. And they did it beautifully. Uh, simple Minds. Um, I love Simple Minds. Um, Tears for Fear is obviously fantastic. Yeah. But, you know, and more, you know. This refers more globally discussion and stuff like that. But I just love that well, like, heartbreaking yeah. song. You know, love is a battlefield. Like, come mm-hmm. on, man. You slow that song down. It's just a heartbreaking song. And the Tears yeah. for Fears song 
the, the Gary Jules uh, cover. Oh my God, remember? Mad World. Mad World, thank you. Yeah. That's like a great example. That oh, geez. They, they cover that album is heartbreaking. <laughs> the little mm. kids sitting on the floor alone. Oh my Lord. <laughs> yeah. 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 So there's, there's, I mean, the beautiful thing about, I think, being a musician in this day and age is that there's, you know, the success leaves clues. There's all those clues that you can go back into. Like we have the, you know, the, the cattle there yeah. go through and sort of see what. Get inspired. Yeah, get inspired and say, you know, not to copy, but just to be like, oh, that's some, that's some real talk there. That, that's yeah. a beautiful way to, to, to present that idea. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there's metaphors and, and, and those types of things, which yeah. is awesome. You know, you don't. And being open to like, oh, like not chasing what we think the sound should be, you know, but more just like, oh, like it might, maybe that like on per- paper is like not right, but like, oh, but that's working, you know, like, so just trying to continue to, yeah, just be more open to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Let it just flow. Whatever you're feeling. Yeah. Nice. So when is uh, Fever Dream coming out? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm this close to fixing our um, technical issue, um, right. and then, and then just to sort of hammering it. I would say, I would say seven to ten days. We can expect cool. it. Yeah, cool. yeah. I, mean, I like the 15 bad. second snippet, and the video is very intriguing with that. <laughs> yeah. The donkeys. Yeah, yeah. what's going on here? Yeah, they almost killed us, but they're cool. <laughs> they literally almost murdered us. <laughs> oh, that's right. You, I remember you posted about that. Yes, the yeah, what is the story there? Are you able to relive it? What? What's the story there? Are you are you able to relive it? Are you be able to retell it without? Yeah, yeah, they chased him down. Like the one, the really big one chased you down and like ran after you, and then she <laughs> like when she was done like scaring the shit out of you, came right right up to me and turned around, and you know like they kick you with their back right. leg. I was like cornered against the fence and I was like, that's it. This is the end of my life right now. <laughs> and I just didn't move. And I started talking to her calmly and I'm like, we're friends. <laughs> and then I slowly started climbing backwards out of the gated area. Jeez. Yeah, it was a close call. What, what do you think pissed it off? I, you know, the thing is that I imprinted a lot of fear onto that donkey because I was scared okay. in the situation. Because yeah. I had to open the door to let the the, the donkey out, and all yeah, the donkey did was, was all the donkey cold. did was just he basically come out the the door and just come towards me. That's all. But I am pretty because I'm a bit of a drama queen, so I was like, "It's come to kill me," you know. Um, so <laughs> I probably she just, ran after you. Like, yeah, she did run. Yeah, she totally chased you. She don't run him with daggers in her hands. Like she's you know she's just like she maybe thought I had a treat because I I give him treats all the time too. So. Uh, yeah. You know, they were like, oh, my tree guy's here, you know, okay, well, loving, his, loving her heart. And I'm just like, he's going to kill me. Dude, I will tell you one thing. There's no love in the heart because before you were able to get that door open, she was nudging her me with her giant head. And like, she's huge. So I was like literally getting pushed around. And then after she finished chasing you, she literally came up to me square in the face and turned around. I was like, she had a boot, yeah. that was like legit, like intimidation she's big, tactics. She's a big girl. I was like, I'm not doing that ever again. I'm like, I'm like, Donna. we were trying to help. It wasn't like we were, trying, we made it seem like it was part of the shoot. But no, we weren't trying to like fuck with them, like use them as actors. Like we were actually trying to like make sure that they were warm. Oh no, they, 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 they were in the shot because basically she went out into the pasture 
Yeah. And I was just filming her on a cool overcast day. Those donkeys just came into the shop. Yeah. Yeah, it was an accident. I was I wasn't wrangling. I'm not a donkey wrangler. Yeah, yeah. Wrangling. <laughs> they did whatever they want to do. They were yeah. just they were intrigued by you. Yeah, they they don't like hoods actually on people, uh, and I didn't know this. Like oh, wow. and so they actually at one point ran away from me, which really surprised me. Like, remember when they ran? The fear is real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The fear of them and the fear of them on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's the thing that you use, you know, use what you got. And, you know, for because this double record, you know, it's like we got to put out, we want a video with every single song that, you know, because I like visual that, you know, yeah. denims to the stuff. So it's like, we're just going to go shoot stuff, you know, and just shoot things and just put it together and just, just release stuff and just put it out there. Because I mean, it is, you know, like uh, something that haunts me is like, yeah, the uh, Luther Mania is only 37 minutes long and yeah. it's like that's all we have that's the only music that we have for it's this great. band that's out there it's like 37 minutes it's not it's like it's not, it's not a not a decent effort no you know? yeah it's like what have you been doing you lazy bastards <laughs> yeah, you can do a lot in 37 minutes. you guys made a mark with 37 minutes you know yeah, yeah back exactly. in the day albums more than about 40 minutes seemed to be unusual i know these days you know like everybody's pushing the envelope to see how long they can make these things and mm. for a while it used to be how much can we fit on one cd Mm. You know, these days people are like, "Ah, oh, fuck it." You know, like we're not limited by the medium anymore. We can make the album as long or as short as we want. But also, like yeah. you know, we're two people writing the shit. You're doing all the instruments, so it's like it's a lot more of a load on just the two. Anyways, <laughs> but like, so it's like you know, yeah, we're limited. And we're trying to write a lot of shit, and we're our quality control, so to speak. Once the stuff is done, is like intense like just not like on the production side on the lyric, just everything like how we're putting together. definitely limited by manpower yeah definitely limited by ability yeah. you know I'm, yeah. I'm still learning to be a producer and learning to be an engineer learning to do all these things i'm studying actually yeah. not studying like i'm studying because i'm reading but i'm applying you know all these techniques constantly yeah. like the bass the bass sound on fever dream i'm not happy with and i've recorded it maybe 30 times so I've, I've I've still got to do it. Like I'm not happy with it. So I've got to try and find it. So I keep researching on what's the best approach, you know, so they get the sound that I know is acceptable. Not it, that's in my head. Yeah. Um. Right. Just that's acceptable when I hear it. I go, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. And I still feel like I'm still learning how to write like melodies to prog music. Like I get stumped, you know, by shit. So it's yeah. Yeah. Big thing. challenge. Yeah. <laughs> hmm? Yeah, it's a big challenge you guys have given yourselves there, I think. So, you know, I give you a lot of credit for pushing yourself to develop mm-hmm. and and putting yourself out there in that developmental process, basically for all of us to see as it happens in many ways. You know what I mean? Like, like we're going to be watching, well, watching and listening, watching a video, but listening to you guys grow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pardon me as artists yes sir while you're doing this mm-hmm. yeah that's nothing small listen you guys talk back and forth what would you say fuels the synergy between the two of you in this creative process that's a great great question though. i've got a theory and, and, and it's really basic I, this is what it is it's basically <clears throat> i've never worked with anyone ever that was as committed to this thing as as she is Hmm. Wow. I, as i am as well so it, that's the thing it's like you I, I i met someone who was as committed and as crazyly focused on the thing crazy. as <laughs> me like I, like that's that's i was always just 
it was more important. This was more important. This was the most important thing, you know, yeah. music was more important than, you know, than other bullshit, you know, like, don't, you know, I don't care about what you're going to, you know, don't, it's, I don't want to hear about your schedule unless it's this thing, you know? So I've always been super obsessed with doing the thing. And then I met her and she's super obsessed about doing the thing. That's what fuels the synergy because basically it's like, yeah. then you don't have to worry because it's like, okay, whatever you're doing, I know that you're going to match the output. Yeah. You know, you're going to match the frequency of the thing that, you know, and you're going to say yes to the same stuff. Like, yeah. you know, so like, well, I can't do that because I have my auntie's wedding and, you know, it's like, no, this is the thing. It's true. It's like, I'm pretty much the only way that I'd bail is if I died. So <laughs> <laughs> there's like, there is a consistency there. That's commitment. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's definitely the openness from the standpoint of, um, to keep learning like yeah. i'm still learning and she's still learning in the sense of like i i throw her a bunch of you know influences and say hey check this out man yeah. what do you think of this thing you know um there's nothing there's no sort of attitude of like nah i'm just doing me i'm just doing my thing you know yeah, exactly. um, because i don't have a thing man I, I i'm a product of influence and 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 everything i do is just basically a result of i'm trying to be in the bands that i can never be in yeah right that's all it is, man. It's like, oh, there's a lot of influences in the stuff you'll hear it, you know, like yeah. on the first record, there was a perfect circle and tool and all these types of things. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's like literally, well, it's not, it's, that's a funny thing. I don't love those bands. I love the sounds, yeah. right? I love the sounds when I hear certain things, the tone of certain things, they, yeah. they inspire, I see the pictures and stuff like that. So it's really just about, there's just better people out there who have made better stuff that mm -hmm. I wish that was a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. And if I get close to something in the process of doing that, I don't want to steal anything. I don't want to, buy, you know, like uh, just copy, but I definitely want to be a part of the, you know, that, that thing. And I do have a genre of music that I enjoy. Yeah. I definitely do. I, I, I'm not, I'm not really into country, but I do love traditional country songs like absolutely, you know, uh, Johnny Cash and yeah, yeah. mine and, you know, stuff like that. That's yeah. absolutely fantastic storytellers. So, and even modern country, the, te the technical ability of it's amazing, but there's, Bonnie. you know, yeah, exactly. The thing that's the thing, getting back to your question, is just like finding someone who is as crazy as you are on the thing. The master plan, just eyes on the prize. Super, yeah. Eyes on the prize, right? Just not getting caught up in the bullshit. Kind of single-minded in a way, yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that everything comes from the standpoint of like, you know, she comes with, um, you know, an engineering background from a technical aspect. Um, from this, it's like, you know, when we first approach this stuff, it's like, you know, you're not, you're not just a singer on top lining these songs, yeah. you know, we should, you should be able to have the tempo of the song just with a, with a click track, you know, you should yeah. be able to hear the, the cadence of the, the phrasing mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff. So kind of like you're an instrument as well. hundred yeah. percent an instrument. Yeah. So, you know, we, we sort of, we agree on all these things. Yeah. You know, there's never a, no, man, I'm just doing me. Just you do you, I'll do me and see <laughs> what happens, you know? And that, and I think that works incredibly with, um, you know, like a band like Haken, where there's mm -hmm. individuals coming together in a beautiful, so many of cohesive, them, and they're like synergistic way. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like you know, it's, this one's a little, a little different than what we do. So, like Just, a little yeah. bit driven by, you know, like we. I I don't know really what trope is, but I definitely know what it's not. Yeah, right. And you're Fair good enough. at like yeah quality controlling the vibe of that, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm still like really exploring a lot of shit. And so I get pulled in many different directions sometimes. That's good. And you're just like, you know, you help kind of keep things in. Well, I'll create to the 
to the standpoint. But that's again going back to stuff we're all all here in tons of different genres. Like when you hear a song like Jerry Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street, like <clears throat> that's got tons of vibe, man. That is just like super super cool, you know. Like there's uh. Oh, and I'll give you another one. It's like uh, Nights in White Satin by Moody Blues. That's oh, dripping, man, with... Yeah. You know, cool. Okay. And speaking of covers, like, we, we're doing a cover on every album, right? So... Okay. You've anticipated my final question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was very curious. Hold on. I'm done with you guys. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, what things... I, I will literally have found myself at times going... And they did so well with that cover of Shout. I'm going, what else would really sound cool coming out of Trope? I'm like, been undecided. And it, because I never would have seen Shout coming the way you did it. You guys made it your own in that sense, which I really appreciate when somebody does a cover. If I take all the credit, if I, pl- if I play a song now, will it come through? Uh, I think maybe we're going to find out. <laughs> okay. Because this is um, this is the cover on the next record. Oh my God! It's happening. And um, I love it. I love this song. Oh, okay. It's awesome. Um, here we are. Um, let's let's tell me if you can hear this. Yes, I can. <laughs> Off and on, I'm getting a lot of the bass part more than anything else. Couldn't recognize it, but I'm digging what I was hearing. Like I, I love that. I don't even know what the sound was. It got it came through a little bit muffled on my end. Sure, sure. It's um the Stranglers, Golden Brown. Oh, okay. Not a song yeah. I actually know. No wonder I didn't recognize it. <laughs> you, you don't know that one. I don't know that one. You stumped me. You stumped the oh, band. Oh my gosh. Well, I know. <laughs> it's um it's a song that haunted me in my childhood. Like it's a song that. It's it's been in a bunch of movies as well, like it's, it's been in Snatch and stuff like that. But yeah. um, even back then, it was on the radio when I used to have the Rainy Day box would come out when there was a Rainy Day. I could play with Lego and stuff, and it was on the radio around that time. And and it's such a dark song. It was a pop song. It was on the radio, but right. the Stranglers were absolutely brilliant. But um, yeah, I sort of like taking songs that um, usually from the, the from my childhood and that sort of stuff, or well, stuff that I heard that and match the frequency of what i what mm-hmm. i experienced as a child like because it was very dark yeah. so um so usually i you know take a, a song and i'm going to be doing this on every single record basically just take a you know a, you know i love elo like jeff lynn's just an mm-hmm. absolute legend so you know going back to these sort of guys because this is the songs that were on the radio when i was growing up so mm-hmm. i sort of take those songs and show die and say is there anything here that resonates you know mm-hmm. this is going to resonate with her and, it's usually like, yeah, I love that. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I loved Golden Brown when you showed it to me. I was like, oh, I love it. And also, what about, um, you know, like um, Supertramp? Mm-hmm. Right? Dude, yeah. yeah. Supertramp. Logical song, man. Like, right. you know, so I, I showed a logical song and like listen to the lyrics in that like, song. So that's sort of before, stuff. But like when you, yeah. So that's the type of thing that I like to do, which is like, you know, take a song, 
like those and then sort of just see if I can massage something into, you know, into how I perceive it and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, um, yeah. Nice. I like it. I am now, I now have a song to go look up so I can get familiar with yeah. it. Cause I, I, I know the name, the stranglers, but I can honestly say, I, I don't know that I've ever heard their music at least while knowing who I was hearing, you know, like you mentioned, it was in maybe a movie soundtrack or something like that. So I may have heard it there. When you but hear I had no the idea song, what it was. When you hear the song, because it's all done on harpsichord. So it's sort of progressive in a sense. Um, but when you hear it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I know that song because I've, I've heard it a bunch <laughs> of times. Radio or in a movie and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's uh, but happy to. We'll actually we'll send it off to you so you can actually listen to it as well. Cool. That would be awesome. I would love that. Yeah, it's, it's like it's not a it's not a mixed released version. It's just basically sure. a demo. Version. It's like a preview. Um, it, yeah, it's a preview, but the whole thing is yeah. there. Um, nice. Yeah, that's the thing I love doing that man. I love reimagining you know interesting songs from yeah. childhood and sort of just painting them with a different picture. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's always something I've enjoyed. Um, <clears throat> when I was doing the show regularly, one of my features was uh, literally have forgotten it. It's been this long now. <laughs> Wow. Uh, crazy cover of the week. There we go. Mm. But most of them, because, you know, this show was focused primarily on the hard edge of progressive, you know, everything was metal, but some mm. of the stuff out there, there's some really very, very cool metal band covers of non-metal songs. That, mm. And oddly enough, one of the most popular ones for metal bands to cover, two of them really, but one of them that surprised me the most was okay. a Duran Duran song. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm undone. Oh. At least three versions of that out there. Really? Yes. And oh. they're and they're all kick ass in their own way. That's amazing. Come on, John. yeah, Duran Duran. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. The I mean, my one, favorite. The Sorry, other man. one that's non-metal band that was seemed to be very popular with metal bands was "Bullet the Blue Sky" by U uh, two. Damn, dude. Yeah. That's a. I mean, that's a killer vibe, isn't it? Right. Yeah. it's just the whole thing feels like you drop that down to low a i mean that just could just be the jam yeah. you know that's awesome hey um so the yeah. album's due out what september you said right yes sir you settled on the name yet or no it sounded like you were still no okay yeah yeah i'm just Very playing cool. i'm playing with um you know album art and all that sort of stuff and you know got some different ideas and stuff but obviously it's going to evolve into what it's going to be gotcha i'm curious too it, on, on the cover for Eleutheromania, did you have pink floyd in mind a little bit when you did that or did that just come out who's pink floyd come about what's that pink who's pink floyd no no who's pink floyd that's <laughs> pink and then there's a floyd rose thing that's exactly it i mean come on animals man yeah yeah Animals is amazing. I don't remember which one of them is pink. We sent a bunch of artwork to the artist Chris Pern, who who um, designed and like drew the artwork. Hmm. And I guess like that might have stuck with him. You know that yeah. picture. He used a bunch of different. There's like we threw a lot of stuff at him, and we're like kind of like this thing. And then he just like did this amazing job at you know i don't know like making it feel hand drawn it was hand drawn but making it feel that way and not 
Well, yeah, their mania. It's really like, nice. Another thing, and even too, the detail of like the pigs, like coming more into focus the further away they got from enslavement, like hmm. the more like into their identities they became. Like just those little <laughs> details that he included were like, oh my god. Yeah, Luther Mania, so freedom. Also, when pigs yeah. fly, you know, <laughs> when are we going to release the record? When pigs fly, because it was just so. <laughs> much, you know, there was a there was a bunch of whole different things though that. Um, yeah, but it definitely, I mean, you know, Pink Floyd. I mean, uh, when I was 19, I actually played in the Australian Pink Floyd show. I played bass with them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love Pink Floyd. It gave me an, an incredible education on on their music and stuff like that. But sure. um, again, like I said, man, we're a product of influence. So we just, yeah. you know, but, so I don't think we're, you know, we're not doing anything original, but we'll land somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. I think you guys probably hit, uh, we talked about it earlier, you kind of hit that juncture between metal and alt metal and prog pop because you're very accessible in that sense mm-hmm. you now like that there there is definitely that accessibility where you're not so dense and proggy that some people have trouble absorbing it there's my word yeah. um, at the same time again you're doing your own thing you can hear some We're of the, the gateway drug for prog dude <laughs> <laughs> we're the gateway drug for prog there you go right it's a good place to be yeah yeah. excellent so we got things to look forward to we we've got fever dream coming out soon we've got the album coming out in september Mm -hmm. and you guys are going to be working it sounds like exceedingly hard between now and then on the every day every day man yep god bless you gotta love that determination and that commitment yes sir you guys highlighted for me a little bit too it dawned on me i meant to say this earlier too how the idea of shared accountability shared responsibility seems in many ways highlighted in a duo so much more than a band because you've got a band of four or five six people you know they can kind of vary you can play the background a little bit you know somebody can maybe one person's a lot leading the way and the other is kind of fill in but what i hear with you guys is there's this balance and then the yeah. idea that, you know, it's it's harder to hide in the group mm-hmm. when there's only two of you. I know. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the, 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 the opportunities that have come is directly because of Diana's, you know, incredible focus, energy, and work ethic, you know? Um, not only being a creative, not only, you know, front the band and just and coming up with amazing lyrics and and, and melodies but also mm-hmm. the the front end of the thing like the opportunities that have come have come because of you know we have a you know we have an amazing team of um people that it's small team obviously management um but they're they know what they're doing i mean they they they're they've been doing it for a long time they're professionals they know m- way more than 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 us um, in that sort of sense. Yeah. Um, so they're extremely awesome, but there is, there is day-to-day micromanagement yeah. um, in anything that you're doing. Otherwise yeah. it's, it's, otherwise it's a vacuum, yeah, yeah. you know, because we've got to create opportunities and we've got to create something for management to do their job for a booking yeah. agent to do their job. Like, so yeah. we, we do have a lot of, you know, work to do, but again, I mean, if it wasn't for her, this music would sit on a hard drive and, you know, six people would be listening to it while I'm drinking around a fire, you know? Um, <laughs> It just this is the way it is. It's like, if it weren't for you, there wouldn't be trope. So Bazinga. <laughs> <laughs> she pulled out Bazinga. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, we still that, have 
<laughs> With that, I look very much forward to hearing all the new stuff, especially the progginess. I look, I, I love the the idea of growth and development. So I'm so looking forward to hearing what you guys got coming out. And I expect you to be in the Philly area at some point in time touring for the album. So certainly I will be there for that as well. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah, we'd love to see you again and hang out and catch up. Absolutely. Excellent. All right. Well, best wishes to both of you. Good luck with the album. Don't work yourself into a hole. (laughs) Don't don't run yourself down too too bad. Too late. No, yeah. Yeah, too late. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to have you guys. Thank you very much for coming on board and talking. I'm glad to see both of you. I was thinking I only was going to see Diana, so I'm glad to see I, I get to talk oh, with both. It's so nice yeah. when you are there too. <laughs> but it's cool. I could talk music with you guys all day. Hundred percent, man. Me. I agree. That's, I, awesome. that's what I like. To, I, I love talking about bands and music and stuff like that. Yeah. It's awesome concepts. Excellent. That's great. All Thank right. Really. Very cool. And uh, I will see you when I see you, and I'll hear you very soon. Yes. And be well in the meantime. Take care of yourself. (laughs) Indeed, as best I can. No more coughing fits. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And again, as I said earlier, we obviously music fans geeking out, talking about all the things we love, all the influences and inspirations. And honestly, the conversation probably could have gone on for another hour or two easily. But we keep it digestible, and I want to be respectful of their time and not just keep them forever, because I could easily do that. So I do want to thank Diana Studenberg and Moonhead of Trope for joining me once again. Uh, Absolutely enjoyed it. And look forward to this amazing new album you guys clearly have in the works. I, I am so excited to hear what's going to be coming out. The only thing I'm disappointed about is I gotta wait till September to hear it. And, and, and chances are you'll release it while I'm on my vacation in Scotland and I will have to wait another additional two weeks. You'll probably do it right in the day I leave. I'll have trouble finding time listening to it and have to wait till I get home. So you're probably torturing me, but, but it's fine. Uh, take your time. Obviously you are deeply invested in your craft and I expect very, very big things. So. Thank you again, Diana and Moonhead. I really love talking with you guys. Wish you the best with this new album. I hope it is, exceeds your wildest dreams in terms of reception and success. And I look forward to seeing you guys on tour again sometime very, very soon, hopefully. So once again, everybody, the new album, September, does not have a name yet. The upcoming single, Fever Dream, due out very soon. Attached with the warning, beware of donkeys, they are dangerous. Thank you for joining me once again for Bleeding Edge Interviews. Just a quick reminder, you can find me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you haven't already, please check out my other interviews. They are available wherever you find podcasts. Just search under Toxic Radio. And of course, they're always available at ToxicRadio.net. Meanwhile, remember, Bleeding Edge is on Sundays at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern, right in the middle of the Brain Salad Sunday where we featured all day long prog rock, prog metal, anything that pushes the boundaries. This is Super Dave, signing off. <laughs>